0: Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, very good, thank God we're still in the Christmas season because I have to admit uh, it doesn't quite feel like Christmas yet Uh, and I know I have a whole week yet of liturgical celebration but today is the end, Uh, today is the octave uh, uh, day of Christmas and so all the solemnity kind of ends today but uh, that's okay. because we can still celebrate despite what our culture tells us. And I, as I wrote in the pastor's notes, I was kind of disappointed. Uh, it was stopped at Walmart on in Mankito on Monday and uh, saw you know, the, the, I wouldn't say fights, but the arguments over the stuff, the remnants of Christmas at 50 to 75% off. And that upset me a little bit and it's like, <laughs> we're still in Christmas, okay, I can understand. You don't want to, but, than seeing the, the workers work feverishly to put up the Valentine's display. Maybe it's because I'm trying to avoid Valentine's this Day because it's the year when my mom died. But a uh, whole other story. We do continue to celebrate Christmas and, and uh, to, to ponder with a blessed mother. And uh, I have to admit, uh, yesterday as I heard news of The passing of Pope Benedict XVI, I couldn't help but think how fitting that he would die in the octave. How fitting he would die in the eve, well, it was in the morning in Rome, but on the the day before the solemnity of Mary, Mother of God. Because he had a deep love of the Blessed Mother, almost as deep and sometimes uh, overlooked uh, compared to the the love that uh, St. John Paul II had for the Blessed Mother, but uh, Pope Benedict's love with, of the Blessed Mother and, of course, with Christ was extremely deep. In fact, yesterday there was an article, Pope Benedict's last words were, Jesus, I love you, in German. Couldn't help but think how lovely. I, I hope on my last words, on my deathbed, and I hope it is a deathbed, uh, but in my last words hopefully will be something as beautiful But his whole, uh, Pope Benedict's whole life was encouraging us to ponder. In fact, and I I haven't quite found out where he actually wrote it or said it, but he, he apparently had said some time ago, I'm not preparing for the end, but I am preparing for an encounter. An encounter. An encounter with the Lord who loved him. An encounter with the Lord who redeemed him. An encounter with the Lord who saved him. And then, you know, as much of a theologian, I do believe he's probably one of the greatest theologians we've had, and certainly in the, in the last century. One of the greatest theologians who have helped us to understand and to ponder. All of it comes down to a devotion to, the, the, to Jesus, a devotion to the Blessed Mother, a devotion. All his ponderings, all his theology, everything came to this, and this is what the Blessed Mother does today in today's Gospel passage. As the shepherds come to them, and her and Joseph, to see the Christ child, they reveal everything that the angels had said, that message that we had heard last week as we gathered, the angels sing Gloria and Exhaushis Deo, uh, re- revealing to them, the shepherds, the lowest of the low, that a child has been born for them, a Savior is given to them. And they share all of this, and Mary keeps all these things, reflecting on them in her heart, as we have it translated here, or other translations. She pondered them. She meditated upon them. The the word for for meditation. Uh, the word is to ruminate almost, and, and uh, it's what a cow does. It will, it will chew and swallow and put in one stomach and bring it up and rechew it, and, and uh, it's kind of a gross image uh, when, when uh, if you look at it literally. But when you look at it as what uh, the authors are trying to tell us, she's doing. She's taking these things and she's bringing them up. She's chewing them, savoring them, bringing them uh, some flavor out of it and helping then moving on, bringing something else. This is a beautiful thing. And that pondering is something that the church needs to do. And maybe I've mentioned before, but one of the greatest uh, understandings I had, uh, had been given is for the first 300 years of the church, the church was in basically a fight for its very existence. In a and the culture and the Romans seeking to put to death all Christians and persecution coming and wasn't constant persecution. There were some emperors who didn't push uh, as much and others who were pushed beyond. But for the first 300 and some years, almost 300 years, the church didn't have a chance to really ponder the deep theological, but just simply to proclaim the message, Jesus Christ is savior. In the Edict of Milan in 310, and actually yesterday's Saint, uh, Saint Sylvester was Pope at the time, they were given the chance to ask the questions, what does this mean? Who is Jesus Christ really? And so the Council of Nicaea was, uh, gave us a Nicene Creed, which we will proclaim in a little bit. As it pondered, this is who Jesus Christ is, that He's God from God, light from light, true God from true God, but begotten, not made. That, that Jesus Christ, the second person of the, is the second person of the Trinity, and He takes on flesh. He doesn't begin to exist, but exists beyond all time and takes on flesh. And then Nestorius comes that was Arian who, uh, Arius who, who caused that. And then Nestorius comes and he says that the Blessed Mother did not give birth to the Son of God, but rather to Jesus in the two sons theory. Well, this doesn't make sense. And so the church had to ponder again in the Council of Ephesus in 431. Indeed, the church pondered, how can Mary give birth to God? How can Mary give birth to God? And so often in our minds, we think that our mothers give us existence. And uh, you've heard me joke about it, and I, I know others, other mothers have joked about it. Uh, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. Mm, not quite, Mom. She didn't like it when I pointed that out. Not quite. Our mothers did not give us existence, but they allowed uh, and cooperated with God's plan and, and gave us existence. God gave us existence, and through them, they nurtured us and provided. And very much the same is true for the Blessed Mother. She did not give existence to Jesus, but the second person, the Trinity, is incarnate, takes on flesh, is born through her. In fact, if, in fact, today in the morning prayer, the uh, anaphon for the Canticle of uh, Zechariah, without giving up what he was, he became what he was not. This is what we celebrate in a nutshell. That Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, takes flesh and becomes what he was not. And Mary bears him. And as one of her prefaces says, bears him with love beyond all telling. She gives birth to him. Maybe we're caught up in the the title Mother of God. Maybe it would help if we called Mary the... Uh, the title that she's given for the very same feast that we celebrate this day in the East, and that's the Theotokos, the God-bearer. But I think it's fitting for Mother of God, too. And while we don't hear that phrase literally in the scriptures, Mother of God, we do hear it hidden. And it's from the first moments, well, the first week or so of Jesus' conception. As Mary goes to visit Zachariah and Elizabeth to see what God has done in giving Zachariah and Elizabeth, through Elizabeth, giving the world John the Baptist. Mary goes and the sound of Mary's greeting reaches Elizabeth's ear, ears and she comes out, and blessed are you among women, and blessed, blessed is the fruit of your womb, and whom I, that the mother of my God, could be a proper translation, should come to me. The word is mother of my Lord is how it's usually translated. It's Kyrie. as could be translated or understood as husband. That doesn't make sense. Who am I that the mother of my Lord, my, my, or my, my husband should come to me? That doesn't make sense. Or who am I that my master should come to me? My, the mother of my master as in a slave master relationship? That doesn't make sense. And who am I that the mother of my God should come to me? That Elizabeth recognized Mary as mother of God. I find myself wondering, did the shepherds in today's gospel recognize Mary as the mother of God? They just were pondering the Christ child himself. But if Christ really is God, then Mary really is the mother of God. And if Mary is the mother of God, She is in a position to help us, to intercede for us, and to model to us, too, our own need to ponder, our own need to reflect. Again, I point to Pope Benedict as a good example, a man who is deeply, deeply intelligent, a man who has pondered the mysteries of, of our faith time and again. But everything in this life came down to love of Jesus Christ, love of the Blessed Mother, love of the Eucharist. Everything, all his ponderings came down to that, that I get the sense if God hadn't blessed him with such intelligence and such clarity in thought, such clarity in, in his writings, he still would have been a man of deep, deep faith. I think that's the invitation for us. I'm not very bright when it comes down to it. I'm not very intelligent, and yet I'm called to ponder, to reflect, who is this woman that we honor this day? She is the mother of God, because she, because she gave birth to the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, taken on flesh. He who did not give up what he was became what he was not for our salvation born through Mary, Mary receiving him with love beyond all telling, helping us to ponder as well.